Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. As I was looking over the readings um, for this Sunday, the second reading caught my attention uh, more than others, which doesn't often happen. Obviously, you sort of look at the gospel first. Um, but St. Paul in the second reading, he's writing to he's writing to the Corinthians, and he sort of addresses this kind of issue within their congregation. And I, I want to draw out from this kind of a, a niche teaching of the church, if you will, that isn't talked about much and most people aren't aware of. But first I just want to read over again what St. Paul says. So he's writing to the Corinthians and he's talking about how there's sort of an, uh, a sort of inequality in terms of who owns what or who possesses what within the community. Like who has more material possessions or wealth versus who has less. And he, he instructs them as to how they should deal with this. He says, and he, and he makes this comparison with our Lord. He says, For you know the gracious act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. He's talking about this, of course, in a spiritual sense. And then he makes the analogy with material wealth and material poverty for the, the Corinthian community. He says, Not that others in your community should have relief while you are burdened. In other words, not that others should just not work while you're working your tail off, is basically what he's saying. Not that others should have relief while you're burdened, but that as a matter of equality, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may also supply your needs, that there may be equality. As it is written, whoever had much did not have more, and whoever had little did not have less. So he's instructing them that for those in their particular community that have more material wealth, they should look around the church and see if there are any others that are in material need for, for good reason, not just out of laziness for not working, but, but those who are in legitimate need, and they should say, okay, the Lord has provided me at this moment with an abundance, so I will give of my excess to you, so that nobody in our community is in want of, of basic needs. And this sort of, this example from this Corinthian community points to a teaching in Catholic social doctrine that we call the universal destination of goods. Kind of a mouthful. The universal destination of goods. And it's a very beautiful teaching, a uh, very unknown teaching of the church. Um, and so I just want to read a few paragraphs on this from the Catechism at length uh, to, to sort of give you the full picture and then kind of dive in a little bit. Um, so, read, this is paragraph 2402 in case you're interested in going back later and reading it. It says, in the beginning, God entrusted the earth and its resources to the common stewardship of mankind to take care of them, master them by labor, and enjoy their fruits. The goods of creation are destined for the whole human race. 
However, the earth is divided up among men to assure the security of their lives, endangered by poverty and threatened by violence. The appropriation of property is legitimate for guaranteeing the freedom and dignity of persons and for helping each of them to meet his basic needs and the needs of those in their care. The right to private property, acquired or received in a just way, does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of mankind. The universal destination of goods remains primordial even if the promotion of the common good requires respect for the right to private property and its exercise. In his use of things, man should regard the external goods that he legitimately owns not merely as exclusive to himself, but common to others also, in the sense that they can benefit others as well as himself. The ownership of any property makes its owner a steward of providence with the task of making it fruitful and communicating its benefits to others, first of all, his family. This is the universal destination of goods. It's a very balanced teaching, sort of church holds in what may seem to be somewhat of, of, of a tension, this natural right of man to private property, but also the truth that technically speaking, all of the material goods that I own belong in some way to the entirety of, of the human race, not just to myself. And those may seem like contradictory concepts, but they actually fit together very well. So you may ask, you know, what, what does this look like practically speaking? Well, what it looks like is, is that with the material wealth that I have, the first thing I do is I provide for my basic needs and for those under my direct care. And as a bodily and spiritual being, as human beings we have basic needs both in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. Obviously, in the physical realm, this would include food, clothing, shelter, safety, perhaps some means of transportation. In the spiritual realm, it would include things like proper leisure and rest, right? Proper and good education. It would include opportunities for spiritual growth, like time for prayer. Right? These are sort of the basic needs that we have as a human person and, and we need to first of all utilize the material wealth that we've been given to provide those for ourselves and those under our care. So for those of you who are parents, you would first provide those for yourself and, and then for your children. Right? The family actually in and of itself is the first place where we see the universal destination of goods played out because one or maybe two of the parents acquire a certain amount of material wealth, but then that doesn't just belong to them, it belongs in a specific way also to their children. And then this principle then sort of spreads out beyond the family as well. But once we've provided for our basic needs and those under our care and, and, and taking care of saving a bit for the future out of prudence, right? Taking time to, to save properly, once that's taken care of, and here's the kicker which goes against every instinct that we have as Americans. <laughs> Once that's taken care of, everything else beyond that in excess actually doesn't belong to us. Right, this is a critical distinction. 
Often we think to ourselves that whatever I may have in excess beyond these basic needs for myself and those under my care, often we think it would be a good thing, it would be an act of, of charity, of sacrifice for me to give of that for some you know, work that builds up the kingdom of God or to the poor or some other place that, that, that could use that. Like that would be a good thing for me to give that away. And in some respects we understand, I think as Catholics, that, that we're obligated to that. We're obligated through tithing and other means to support the material needs of the church. But most of us have, have never heard this truth of the universal destination of goods. And this is such a critical distinction that that beyond, once those basic needs are taken care of for, for myself and those in my care, everything else I have, in a strict way, does not actually belong to me. And this is a radical concept that, that, that really, it goes against the American mindset to the extreme where we say, well, I, I work my tail off to acquire these, these things in excess and they belong to me. And I'm free to sort of do with them what, what I will. But this just is not the case. It's not the case. Um, there's a quote from St. Ambrose in the early church. He kind of gets at this. He says, You are not making a gift of what is yours to the poor man, but you are giving him back what is his. You have been appropriating things that are meant to be the common use of everyone. The earth belongs to everyone, not to the rich. Right, so, so strong is this truth in, in Catholic social teaching that this section on the universal destination of goods in the Catechism is actually placed in the moral section under the seventh commandment, you shall not steal. Right, so it would be considered an act of stealing if I were to keep for myself in excess of what I need to take, again, legitimate needs of myself and those under my care. If I were to, to keep all of that extra for myself, it would actually be stealing because it doesn't belong to me. It, it belongs elsewhere for the building up of the kingdom of God, for those who are in, in true need, etc. And all this being said, of course, it's important to make sure that we prudently, very prudently discern where we're called to give of any of that excess, right? St. Paul writing, I, I believe it was to the same Corinthian community, he said, you know, I hear that some of you are being lazy and, and, and you're not working. Well, those who, sh those who aren't working shouldn't eat, right? <laughs> he basically sort of calls out any, any, any hint of laziness. So, so this principle of the universal destination of common goods means that we need to prudently discern where legitimate needs are in the world and we don't just sort of willy-nilly, you know, give out what we have in excess. Um, so St. Paul clarifies that as well. But still, it remains. This is a this is a radical, a, a radical teaching that, that I think goes contrary to a lot of a lot of what we sort of visualize about material wealth as Americans. Um, actually, to highlight that a little further, just a, a story. When I was about nine years old, I remember visiting some distant relative. Um, we lived in a small town in Florida at the time. And this distant relative had made uh, millions by starting up a sort of a local medical equipment rental um, business. So they rent out medical beds to people and, and, and other equipment and things like that. And um, I went to his house out on a ton of land, a uh, massive mansion with like um, his, one of his sons had gotten into auto racing, which is cool, but you know, just like 
absurd amount of buildings for vehicles just like all over the property. We walked into one of them and he had a brand, this is the coolest, this is the coolest thing for me as a, as like a 10 year old. Um, walked in and he had a brand new, I think it was a 1996 Dodge Viper um, and just blue with like a couple racing stripes. I don't know how much a, a brand new Viper was, probably eighty, ninety thousand dollars somewhere in there. Um, but a car that, that he probably maybe drove, you know, once every month or two. Um, and my grandmother, I remember talking to her, and, and she was really proud of, of this guy. She she basically was telling me as a ten year old trying to trying to take a teaching moment. She's like, "This is the American dream. Like he worked really hard for this money. It's his to do with as he wills, right?" He, he, he worked for 30 years for this, like it, it's his to do it as he wills. And it's an understandable concept to have. But again, it's the, it's the opposite. <laughs> the opposite of what, what the church teaches, right? The Lord blessed him with particular intellectual capacity and certain connections and things that enabled him to make the money in the first place. So, so it doesn't belong to him, strictly speaking. So this is, this is an important thing. We, we have to break free of this mindset that what I have acquired materially strictly belongs to me. Right? We have to, it's a tough mindset to, to break, break free of. I'll give you a simple, um, a simple parallel of how this could potentially play out in a parish community, for example. Um, I've had a handful of conversations with young married couples over the past few years who, who often ask the question like, Father, we're 200000 300000 $400,000 in student debt from college. We're wondering if that in and of itself is a legitimate just reason when we get married to postpone having a child for a time and to make use of the, the infertile periods of NFP to, to avoid, avoid conceiving for a time because we're just like hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. And really, in, a, in a, a parish like this in particular, and, and, and I've started telling them this, I say, look, like, fuck, like you guys are going to be great parents. Like, finances should, should pretty much in the United States almost never be reason, like a legitimate reason for postponing having a child. Because I said, if, if you guys were to have a child right now and you came to me and said, like, we're, we're really struggling to, to make ends meet, I could go to 20 people in this parish who would immediately help you. Like, <laughs> They would, they would, in their abundance, they would supply your need in this moment if it was dire enough. And often, of course, we have family that, of course, if we, we pause for a second to ask about it, they would help us as well if, if we came upon dire need. But that's sort of, I don't know, I throw that out there, sort of a concrete example of what the Corinthian church situation might actually look like in, in sort of uh, a parish community today. Beyond material wealth, though, and the universal destination of that, and I'll just close with this very briefly, there are also other good things that we've received that we have to make sure that we don't just appropriate for ourselves alone. This would include, like, intellectual gifts, as well as skill sets, and then also spiritual goods that we've received. In the, in the intellectual realm, just as an example, if you were to think that Thomas Aquinas never wrote down, like if, if he had never written down what the Lord had blessed him with intellectually, how deprived the world would be <laughs> of, of this, this massive enterprise of, of truth and goodness and beauty that, that was all his writing. 
right? If he were just sort of content to keep that intellectual good to himself, that would be, in a sense, stealing from the rest of mankind who, who deserves to share in the fruits of his, his intellectual gifts that he's received from God. Just think of Mozart. If Mozart had been content to just, I'm just content playing my piano in my house and amusing myself and my family, and never writing down music to share with the world, it would have been a selfish thing. It would have been stealing something beautiful that is, is meant for the good of, of all mankind. And you can multiply examples like this. So that's another place we can examine ourselves. Have I, have I been blessed intellectually or with a particular skill that I'm kind of keeping to myself in some way that's meant to benefit more, more than just myself? And the same goes with, with spiritual goods, right? The specific uh, subcategory of grace in Catholic theology that is received for the sake of another person is what we call a charism. Charism is a, is a subcategory of grace. It's a grace given to me for the sake of another. And so we need to make sure that we're also discerning and paying attention to what, what particular spiritual gifts, whether ordinary or extraordinary, have I been given for the sake of others? And, and am I Am I making use of those? And the priesthood, for example, just in the, in the sacrament itself, obviously have been given spiritual gifts to absolve and confect the Eucharist and so on. So if I were to, at a certain point in my life, just say like, and, and those are gifts that are just like so desperately in need in, in, in many, many places that it would be absurdly selfish for me to say like, well, like, I'm just going to like say Mass and, and maybe like, I don't know, meet with one or two people each day and that's it. That's all I'm going to do. Right? <laughs> that would be absurd. I would be stealing spiritual gifts for, that are meant for, for other people. Um, so today, I think it'd be good. We, we can all sort of examine our conscience on this. Um, but first of all, just on that, that sort of mindset. Do we have this mindset? Are we, are we willing to go there to really say that everything I have beyond these legitimate needs actually doesn't belong to me materially, intellectually, um, spiritually, um, and to see if we're, we're using and distributing what we've been given uh, according to God's will.